You are listening to the Brave Church Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Regardless of what you believe, where you come from, or what questions you might have, you are welcome here. Our mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. If you want to partner with us, or if you're interested in more information, head over to brave.church to find out more. Now, let's jump into this week's talk. All right. Hey, Brave Church family and friends from all over the world. I'm Darren Laws. I'm one of the lead pastors here at Brave Church. Uh, Last week, my son Samuel kicked us off in a new series called Joy in the Journey. And we're looking at Paul's letter to the Philippians. By the way, uh, last week, Samuel said that I was in my mid-50s when we planted Brave Church. That is such a huge exaggeration. I was 51. Hey, look, at my age, four years can really make a difference. It's the difference between you know, underwear and diapers. So it matters to me, okay? Today I want to talk to you about a universal condition, something we all experience, and it's called pain. We all feel pain, sometimes even deep pain. In February of this year, I found myself admitted to the emergency room in the hospital twice. I had pneumonia, I had a dry cough, I had a slightly runny nose, I had fever. Sound familiar? Twice my fever reached 106.7. I didn't even know that you could live after 105. But while I was in the uh, hospital in the emergency room, I noticed that there was this chart that helps you rate your pain level. And I I was in that room so long that I started taking pictures. And they they asked me to rate my pain level on a scale chart from zero to one. And so it was like, you know, minimal, mild, uh, uncomfortable, uh, distracting, distressing, unmanageable, intense, severe, unable to move. (laughs) I had all of them even before I got sick. But I can tell you that we all handle pain differently. And as a pastor over the years, I've received calls and texts from family members asking me to come pray for their loved one. Now, some people actually exaggerate the sickness. Other people, they minimize how really serious their situation is, and some are just numb. They're not even sure what's going on. That's what happens when we experience pain. We relate to pain differently, and yet none of us can escape it. So pain is a part of life. How we respond to it then matters what kind of life we have. So what we believe about it is very personal, just like on a pain scale. The truth is, is there's many questions in life that are difficult to answer. Does God cause suffering? Is, is suffering my fault? Or is it a matter of, uh, of do I have enough faith? Or have I sent enough words out into the universe? How is it that some people, you know, they can be vegan uh, and die young? And how is it other people, you know, they can smoke a pack a day, uh, eat junk food, and still live to 102? Tell me, doesn't that just mess with your mind, right? Or what about, the, you know, the great father who loves Jesus and, and dies of a brain cancer uh, of age 42? You know, some of the hardest feelings we face is when it appears like God doesn't seem to care. Is It's when it appears like God uh, is not doing anything about my needs or, or when my life is not going my way. Many people have what I would call a bell curve experience in their faith journey. You know, you start out at the bottom, the bottom of the curve. And at a certain point, uh, a certain event in your life, you begin to sense that God is doing something uh, in your life. And you say, oh, okay, God, I I believe in you and I choose to follow you. And and I like this church. And and if you're, when your life starts to change, good things start to happen. You know what that's like. And, And you pray and God answers and you think, 
think, man, this is so easy. I pray and God answers. And then you think, you know, why can't more people have faith like me, right? And you start having all these incredible God kinds of coincidences in your life. And your life is just a series of, of great things that are all going your way. And your life in God is going nowhere but up. And you're following Jesus and he's the best thing that's ever happened to you. But before long, you reach the peak of that bell curve and then things take a turn. And when they take a turn, you know, it's like your dog, your truck, your woman, they all leave you and your life becomes a country song. And you pray your best prayers and nothing happens. Author Henry Blackaby calls this a crisis of belief. It's where you, you begin your descent down the mountaintop into the valley of despair. God, I thought. God, I believed. God, I, I don't understand. I, I'm not sure what to believe anymore. You know, I thought that my life should go my way because I'm following you. Who, who hasn't honestly thought that following God meant that we could expect certain outcomes in our life? And by certain outcomes, I mean avoid certain pain that everybody else is experiencing. It's a hard lesson, but through my parents' pain, I've learned a great deal before I even began to learn through my own pain. And that's where my perspective of pain comes from. And we'll get into that in, in a bit. But for now, I want, I want you to know this truth. If you choose to embrace it, it can be a, a game changer in your life. Even when things don't go your way, even when you feel like God is far from you, or even when it feels like there's just no reason for joy in my life right now. If we deal with pain God's way, it always has a purpose. As we pick up in Philippians chapter 2, Paul has been in a miserable set of circumstances for the last four years. He has spent two years in prison in Caesarea uh, for a made-up charge. He was then loaded onto a ship, uh, sent to go to appear in Rome before Nero, who uh, was known for not being nice to Christians. And on the way there, he shipwrecked. He almost drowns. He's stranded on an island. He's bit by a poisonous snake. He continues to roam, and now he's spending another two years in prison, awaiting trial to be executed. Imagine how that would play on your mind. During this two-year period in Rome, he's chained to a guard for 24 hours a day. He has absolutely no privacy. Every four hours, a new guard comes on shift. And then the last time that he was in Philippi, he was beaten with rods and he was severely flogged. However, when Paul writes this letter to the Philippians, he makes no mention of his pain. It's all about his joy. He doesn't even mention what has happened to him in his past. And Paul seems to have a, a completely different view of pain and trouble. Today, we're going to learn three ways to find joy in pain. Let's pick up in verse 12. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. And as a result, it's become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Point number one is lower your expectations. <laughs> I bet you haven't read a book about that or heard a TED talk on how to lower your expectations. You know, that's not going to get you any keynote speaking spots in a conference or a subscription to your online school. You don't go around going, hey, what we really need to do, everybody, is lower your expectations. No, you don't do that. No, 
That's not what anybody wants to hear. But here's what I mean by this. Suffering isn't fair. And many aspects of life are not fair. And so when we see pain as a justice issue, our joy becomes dependent on a fair outcome. I think, I think that's what we, most of us expect. We, we expect fairness in life. We expect justice. But no one has promised us a trouble-free life. Jesus said in John 16, verse 33, In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I've overcome the world. Listen, life is not fair. And this expectation that, that it should be is robbing us of our joy. No one has a higher expectation than a new parent. Early on, our youngest son Isaac was uh, not developing at a normal pace and we noticed that he wasn't walking. And instead he was dragging his body across the floor. And I'll never forget the moment in the doctor's office when our doctor told us that our two-year-old baby boy has cerebral palsy. If you or someone you know has ever uh, received a bad diagnosis, you know what that moment feels like. We drove home that day. I, I remember the drive. It was really quiet. And it was like everything was moving in slow motion. Tracy and I were in our 20s. We had no idea what cerebral palsy was or, or what this would mean. We were headed into a crisis suddenly, a dark valley, and we had no clear path. Paul, Paul could have expected to be out of prison. Why? Because he was innocent. That was justice. But instead, he saw his time in prison as a way that he could share his faith with the guards. He was chained to a new guard every four hours. But when you're in your 20s and you've got a little baby boy who's two years old and you find this news out, it's, it's hard to see the purpose in that. But slowly, slowly over time, we begin to see our situation differently. And as we looked around, we began to realize, hey, we're not the only ones. There are other parents like us whose children are born every day in our world with disabilities. And one day I was praying and I heard God say in my heart, I gave you Isaac because I trusted you to care for him. I trusted you to give him all your love and do whatever it takes to be a great dad to Isaac. We live in a fallen world and sometimes through no fault of our own, people suffer from disease and brokenness. And sometimes when we suffer, we blame God, we blame the disaster, uh, the person, you know, their lack of faith, their politics, and we miss seeing the opportunity within our own pain. The truth is, is when, when sin entered our world, along came with it death and decay and disease and human pain. And we can't expect suffering to be fair. Some people expect their lives to be just and fair, that things should, should go their way. And yet Jesus... Jesus, his own life experience was anything but just and fair. It's almost like we don't read that part of the Bible. We don't see that the founder of Christianity experienced real suffering in his life. And so when I look at the life of Jesus, it helps me to discover that, that pain is actually often the pathway to some of the greatest gifts that God gives us. Isaac, his name means laughter. A few, few months ago before the COVID virus uh, Isaac uh, came into our house and my 82, soon to be 83 year old dad was in the living room and he said, hey, grandpa, did you know that your walker is outside on the porch? Are you trying to run away? 
<laughs> if you ever meet Isaac, you'll know that he's just so full of joy. And if you ask him, hey, Isaac, what's your life purpose? He'll tell you it's to help people. And so every day, Isaac looks for ways to help people. Isaac's joy in his journey gives me more joy in my journey. And so Paul saw every painful thing that happened in his life as having purpose to help other people find and follow Jesus. Paul was always looking for the good within the bad. It's not fair to lose your job because of COVID-19 virus. I understand that. It's not fair uh, to be stuck at home. Nothing about this moment is fair. But there is a joy in the journey because there's a purpose in our pain. And so Paul's situation is similar to many people who are suffering right now that are listening to me and watching this, that, that you are suffering with a disability. You are suffering with a disease or a situation that's outside of your control. And we ask, you know, how long will I suffer? Lord, will, will you ever heal me? Will you ever release my body from this pain? And sometimes we ask, you know, how long will I be waiting? Will it be clear until I die? And if you're hurting because of what's happening in our world right now, and if you're wondering how long will my life be like this, will I ever recover? Will I ever get out of this metaphorical prison? Let's pick up at verse 21. It says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I, if I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I'm torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far, but it is more necessary for you that I remain in my body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. Number two, point number two is look for a greater purpose. Paul is thinking about death. He's waiting an execution for two long years. People who are in extreme pain, people with health struggles will tell you that, that they think a lot about life after death because you're trying to find uh, joy in your pain and, and something to look forward to. Isn't that right? When, when our son was born with cerebral palsy, that was hard. When my wife was diagnosed with MS, that, that was a blow. But, but I told you that my understanding of pain began with my parents. Check out this story. Uh, I was brought up in a really neat youth group that they really encouraged uh, the young people to participate. And I learned to begin how to, how to speak in public. And one time I was up speaking and anointing came on me. Uh, by that I mean I began to speak beyond my ability to speak. And then I, uh, somebody began to say, Bill, we, we believe you're, you're called to, to preach. Later I met Joy when I was 19 and she was 17 and uh, she said no the first time I invited her to marry me. But the second time I was blessed and she uh, did accept my proposal. And so we married quite young and have been married uh, 58 years to this date. And then we were appointed to Orange Cove uh, to pastor. And uh, while we were there at Orange Cove, she became pregnant. Uh, we had another appointment then next was in Barstow and that's when she brought forth our uh, first child Darla, Janine and uh, she was a beautiful child but within 10 months she uh, got pneumonia. Uh, Joy had just gone out and bought her beautiful pair of little black sandals for her to learn to walk in 
uh, but she died with pneumonia and just about broke her heart. There'll be moments in a time when we talk about the happiest moments, the, the saddest moment, and I guess that will always be my saddest moment uh, because I had to go in and take the baby crib down, and that, that just broke my heart. Well, at that same time, I was having a different kind of problem. Uh, I developed pain in my left foot. It migrated, came on up, developed, uh, went into the left hip, and then into the right hip. The pain was too much, uh, and Joyce set up an appointment for me to meet with a doctor, and, and a couple days later, he came in and said, Mr. Laws, I'm, I, I regret to inform you, but you have a serious case of rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, you'll be an invalid within a year. I was 27, and uh, my whole world caved in. I, I lost two identities that day, that time period. I lost my identity as a minister. I lost my identity as a carpenter. I was a man without an identity, without an income, and I didn't know which way to turn. Uh, they eventually replaced every major joint in my body. They either replaced it with an artificial joint or they modified it by cutting it out. And uh, the Lord spoke to me and said, uh, do you think that I'm directing your steps? And I said, yes, Lord. He said, do you believe that I have a plan for your life? And I said, yes, Lord. The greatest lesson I hope my sons have learned from my life is that their Heavenly Father will never forsake them. He'll always be with them in every kind of situation. And Joy and I have often said, when our children are happy as parents, we're happy. Being a good father isn't something that just happens. It's a choice made one day at a time. It's a decision that no matter what unexpected tragedies come along, you're up for the challenge because you're the dad. It's giving your best, even when it doesn't feel like your best, as much to give. Being a father isn't always easy, but it's worth it. It requires no special set of skills. All you need is love. My dad's my hero, and he's my hero not because of just the normal things that kids see in their father, but because of what I saw in my father's faith, how he endured and, and grew in his relationship with Jesus over the years and found purpose even in his suffering. During one nine-month stay in Moffat Hospital, my dad met the famous Hells Angel leader, Sonny Barger. They actually shared uh, the same room together for a while, and my dad was lying in a hospital bed Imagine this, his life has just been flipped upside down. It's not going at all as he has expected. And he's sharing Jesus with Sonny Barger, the most feared hell's angel of all time. My mother is, is also my hero. Imagine being a new bride in a hospital. You're in your early 20s and you hear the doctor say to you that your 27-year-old husband will be in a wheelchair the rest of his life. My mom had dreams as a young bride. She had a sense of purpose and things that she was hoping for in life. And then the unexpected happened. 
Years later, when my mom was in her 40s, she attended a women's Bible study, and the leader asked those in the group, if you could be any animal in the world, what animal would you choose and why? Well, when it came around the circle to where my mom was sitting, her answer is, I want to be a horse. When they asked her why, she said, so that I can help carry people through their difficult times. You know, when my sister Darla died, my mom's little baby girl, she didn't become bitter. When my mom learned that her husband would be disabled for the rest of her life, she didn't become bitter. She didn't leave her husband. Instead, she found a deeper purpose, a deeper relationship within Jesus through her own pain. And I've watched my mom and dad now for 59 years live through pain and suffering. My dad's had 21 surgeries. I was there for, for all of them as a young child all the way into being a young adult. My mom and dad have, have always found, found joy and, and even laughter in their journey. In fact, my mother's name is Joy. And I think, I think she was named Joy for a reason. I really do. And out of our deepest pain comes our greatest impact in life, which leads us to our final point. Verse 27. Whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. And then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I know that you stand firm, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. Point number three, live for the ultimate why. What does it mean when he says here to conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ? It means that we should live in such a way that shows what we find most valuable. That, that we're living our lives with the ultimate why always in mind. That, and suffering, you know, here's what suffering does. It turns up the heat in what you really believe. When we're able to experience joy in our suffering, that's, that's powerful proof that we actually believe what we say we do about who God is in our lives. And, and sometimes pain puts our belief to the test and sometimes it strengthens it. Last week, Samuel shared that you can't have a, a goal without a destination, that you have to know where you want to end up. So if progress is determined by, by where you're going, purpose is fueled by why you're going. Where are you headed? Some of us have found no purpose in our pain because we haven't decided what we're living for. Paul had joy in the journey because he knew why God had created him. He was, he was, his why for living was aimed at a destination beyond his lifetime. When we're visited by difficulties, disease, and death, suffering asks the question, what are you really living for? My parents' story isn't inspiring because of how dramatic it is. It's inspiring because of how they, they continued all these years to desire God through it all, to grow more in love with God and more in love with each other. Joy, joy isn't a personality type. Joy isn't like a really good day. Joy comes from, from knowing that you're on a journey with Jesus to a better place no matter what happens in this life. Paul says in verse 13, it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. In his innermost being, Paul believed that God loved him. And he tells us throughout his letter what this love led him to believe. If if the worst happens and you kill me, Paul says, for me to live is Christ, so to die is gain. If you beat me up and you flog me, Paul says, I don't count life's present suffering as worthy 
compared to the future glory of living with Christ for all of eternity. He says, and if I suffer, that's okay, as long as it makes me more like Jesus. And if you let me live, that's great too, because to live is Christ. Paul was very determined in his heart on the why behind his life. How determined are you? Are you living for the ultimate why? Maybe some of you today would say, well, yes, you know, I'm a Christian. That's not, that's not what I'm asking. I'm saying, does your joy reflect what you believe no matter what? What are your expectations in this life? Are you able to find purpose in your pain? Do you prioritize your life around your reason for living? To, to know Jesus. Paul said his ultimate why was to know Jesus and to share in his sufferings. Why is that? It's because through our pain, we find God. We experience him like, like, like in no other situation. We come to know his love and his grace and his mercy and his compassion through our pain. Maybe for some of you, it's time to rededicate your life. To find that passion again that, that maybe you've known God for a long time, but in this current pain, in the current challenges that you're facing, this season is revealing to you that you haven't been as dedicated to Him, maybe as you once were. Knowing Jesus hasn't been your most important relationship right now. So one of the things that joy reveals is, if I struggle to be joyful as a follower of Jesus, I need to ask why. Where did my joy go? What's my ultimate why and purpose in my life? And if, if you want to, now becomes this opportunity for you to rededicate your life, to find that passion again. How do I do that? Begin, begin your own search for who Jesus is. Go to the Gospel of John and, and read those stories like you've never read them before, like it's the very first time. And ask yourself each time, who, who is Jesus? What was he really like? And allow the Holy Spirit to draw you closer to Jesus all over again. Others of you, you're sensing a hunger right now. There's this hunger for the first time. You think, I want to begin to follow Jesus. Let's begin with a prayer for a new beginning and a new life of surrender and ask Jesus to forgive us. And let's make a decision today to follow him. I'm going to pray a simple prayer. You can pray this prayer along with me right where you are. Heavenly Father, we want our lives to matter beyond this temporary life. We want to live for something greater and grander than our own selfish pursuits, Lord Jesus. And we want to know you, Jesus. We really want to know you. And so, Lord, forgive my sin. Forgive the, the sin that hinders me and, and blocks my relationship with you. Forgive me and cleanse me. Come into my life and be my Savior and be my Lord. And Father, I just want to rededicate myself as well. For those of you that want to do that, I want to rededicate my life to discovering Jesus all over again. Amen. If you pray that prayer and you decided to follow Jesus, you could, and you want to know more, you could go to brave.church forward slash follow Jesus. God bless you. Thanks for joining us today for Brave at Home. We hope this gathering encouraged you, challenged you, and filled you with hope. Even if you aren't local, if this ministry is impacting you or your family's life, we appreciate your giving. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel for regular notifications and check out brave.church for the latest news. 
We've updated our whole site based on the season that we're in. And hey, we'll see you in Brave Groups and again next Sunday for Brave at Home.